a great American, my friend Peter King. Pete, good Wednesday morning, buddy. How are you? Sid, it's great to be with you. But one thing we got to get out of the way earlier. First of all, it's always great to follow Rudy. Great friend, great American, being treated unbearably. What's happened to him is an absolute disgrace. But he'll fight back. He's a tough guy. But here's the thing. We were in Godzillo's over two months ago. Mm-hmm. You were there. Gabriel was there. My grandson Jack was there. And Melissa was there. And you promised her that you were going to set up this meeting with Joseph Abood for a friend of hers who has a Joseph Abood car. And you've done nothing. And she calls me all the time. I am caught between crazy Melissa <laughs> and crazy Sid. Now this morning, you undermine me all together. I say, hey, you're texting back and forth with Joseph Abood. I thought he had disappeared somewhere. Well, now he's back and you've done nothing. Well, what you're, am I going to do? You're brilliant because you're right. Not even 10 minutes ago, I read a, a, a text on the air from Abood. So you know he's listening. You know he's listening. And now you sent out the APB. What I did yesterday when I left my phone in the backseat of Gene's car. I said, Gene, the phone's in the car. So now Abood is uh, listening, and I'm sure he'll take care of that. Because, listen, you can piss me off. That's one thing. It's not a smart thing to do, but you can do it. Melissa, she's going to kill you, right, Pete? Absolutely. Uh, well, she would talk to you first, then kill you. Absolutely. No, no. So, no oh, great. You two fight it out between the two of you. I'm out of it. All right, Joseph good. You're out. a great guy, but I'm out of this. I'm going to tell Melissa to leave you alone about this. you got you got enough to worry about. I mean, here you are. All right, you got enough. I mean, you're still involved with Homeland Security. You still go to Washington, D.C., and you speak at some of these briefings. You talked about uh, ISIS al-Qaeda just a couple of weeks ago, and you post all these great things. And I mean this sincerely now. You post all this great stuff on social media, important stuff. And I love what you posted most recently, which is the president is here, made this rambling, basically incoherent speech at the U.N. Assembly yesterday about a whole bunch of stuff, including stuff like climate control, which is ridiculous. And yet he's in New York, which has become outside of Texas, obviously, the illegal capital of the country. And he refuses to sit with the mayor and try to do something about this. How does that happen, Peter King? It happens only in the world of Joe Biden. I mean, to me, this is such, not to me, to anyone in New York knows what a major issue this is, how this has to be resolved. And he is the ultimate cause. Listen, I'm I'm critical of Eric Adams. I'm critical of Kathy Hochul. But the fact is this all originated with Joe Biden opening up the border. I mean, under Donald Trump, whatever people say about Trump on either side, the fact is the border was controlled as it could be. And in fact, it was You'd have to search far and wide to find even stories in the newspapers about immigration at that time. It was under control. Now it's so totally out of control. It was 7 million illegal immigrants are coming to the country under Joe Biden. And, uh, again, it's not even being anti-immigrant because we are probably the most immigrant uh, country in the world. And our country is based with, on immigrants. The fact is it's not being done legally. The fact is it's just like a mass of mob, mobs coming in taking over the neighborhoods in the city, and Joe Biden is the guy. He's the one. And when he was here, would it have been would it have killed him to spend a half hour and actually sitting down with the mayor, sitting down with uh, a community representatives in a meeting? Go to Staten Island. Go out to Staten Island and sit down with Vito Fisella. You know, sit down with Joe Borelli. Sit down with uh, Nicole Miliotakis. Curtis. And, <laughs> and Curtis, yeah. yeah. And just tell them what the story is. They, they can go back and forth, but he, he's not even admitting it's an issue. Somehow he's uh, just passing it off, and it's it, – listen, New York is in bad enough shape uh, to have this added on to us. Remember, a year ago, a year and a half ago, you know, this was not a big issue. 
as far as we can see. And we were still worried about the future of New York coming out of COVID, the increase in crime, the George Floyd riots, all the things that are really damaged New York. And on top of all that, now we have this immigrant crisis. So it's, uh, you know, it's to me, it's a failure of leadership on his part. And listen, you can be a president and things can sneak up on you. Things can happen. The unexpected, you always have to, you always have to expect the unexpected. This was not unexpected. This was, he is the direct cause of the immigration crisis in New York. No, there's no question about it. And he's still here. I mean, he's here until tomorrow. He's got uh, yeah. a lot of activities today, a fundraiser at the Met. He's doing some other stuff. So he could find some time. I think he may meet with Hochul today. But the mayor, you know, listen, uh, and I'm very critical of Eric Adams. Very, very. But, I, you know, I do think he cares. And I, I do think if he had the opportunity to sit with the president, he would make a plea and a case to do something about it. But you know, it does go to show you, it doesn't matter how much you suck up to people. He walked around, Eric, and referred to himself as the Biden of Brooklyn and still to this day has never said Joe Biden by name. He says national government. He says federal government. You've never once, once heard Eric Adams be critical of the president. Even yesterday, he was upsetting to meet with the president. He was not critical. Maybe it's time, don't you think? Yeah, you know, party loyalty only goes so far. I can understand why in the beginning he didn't want to directly confront Joe Biden. They're in the same party. Figured maybe he'd get better results if he was more polite about it. But, you know, you got people like Ed Patron. He was mayor. He directly confronted Jimmy Carter. The fact is you have to go. There are certain times where you have to rise above party loyalty. It can only carry you so far. And what's happening now is I think Biden, like I can tell, Biden is taking advantage of the fact that he's a Democrat, Eric Adams is a Democrat, and we can saw, you know, they can all sort of play this game together. I don't, I don't think Eric Adams wants to play a game, but that's the position that Joe Biden has put him in. So, uh, no, these are, these are bad times. This is, uh, uh, you know, you see what's going on out the streets. You see the reaction people have. Uh, and, again, I, it bothers me in Staten Island. You have the people in Staten Island who are now being pitted against the cops. And this is what's going to happen in our country. We're going to divide it, more and more divide it, unless we straighten our policies out. And the first clear thing you should do is seal that border. You know, don't say it can't be done. Donald Trump did it. Donald Trump did do it, remain in Mexico and Title 42, and he built the wall. And uh, as I said just a couple of days ago, I can't remember one time, one time in the four years he was president sitting here with Bernard, where I mentioned the word migrant or asylum seeker or, or illegal. Not once, not once. So, yes, this is absolutely a Democrat policy that is ruining our city. So, Peter King, I get in this morning and I see Frank Morano. Now, I don't know if you know this. I think you do. But Frank Morano has, uh, well, I've been with him on the Ukraine-Russia war in that this should have been over a long time ago. Stop giving him money and just get out. But what's funny is yesterday I had General uh, Keen on, you know, and Keen is right there yeah. with you. Yeah, Jack is right there with you and Jacobs and others. Very, very, very also, also, Brian Kilmeade, Rich Lowry. We, you know, we can get down the line. Yeah, anyway, I mean, yeah. Well, Lowry's a, a war hawk. He's friends with John Bolton. But whatever, that's fine. Uh, Brian, Brian yeah. Kilmeade. Yeah, Brian. Listen, very smart people, to your point, have agreed. So right. I said to Frank this morning, I said, I don't know, man. I said, a lot of smart people are telling me, you know, and he said, don't listen to them, don't listen, don't let them sway you. And then he named about three or four people I've never heard of, but they're captains and generals, I guess, and they're smart. And they feel the way he does and the way I do right now. But on a, on a really serious, serious note, yes. I think Biden has bungled this. I do. I think he could have done a much better job, and he could have ended this thing before Putin even could have ended it. But I'm starting to think that maybe, maybe, 
Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you're right, Pete. I don't know. I just, maybe. No, I think, first of all, he did handle it wrong. You can't have it both ways. You can't say that this is a battle for Western civilization and then wait wait months and months and months to send the weapons they need. I mean, you can't have it both ways. And uh, and that's what I think he's doing. And listen, I, I, I don't want to you know, uh, make this a partisan or personal issue. This is something that should be discussed intelligently. And I think that Joe Biden does send very mixed signals when it comes to Ukraine. And if you're basically asking the American people to support a war, uh, and spend you know billions and millions of dollars, then you have to make it clearer, and you have to have a more defined policy. And uh, so far, he's failed on that. So, well, I'll be going down to Washington tomorrow. I'll be meeting with some people, actually, staff people who worked for me over the years. They're holding because of COVID, there was never like a farewell party. So anyway, I'm having a reception for me on the, okay. you know, the speakers. Uh, the speaker's balcony down there, which is uh, unusual because I, I was never really allowed on the speaker's balcony. Wow. Before. Wow. Well, anyways, I'm going down there tomorrow. Yeah. That's really day. cool, actually. Congratulations. Yeah, all these people will be coming, you know, 28 years of staff people. Because I, was, I had my own office staff, did a great job. And then when I was chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, I had, you know, quite a few people there. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Ah, that's but cool. Good. You deserve it. Pick up some, yeah, and, yeah, you know, pick up some intel about what, what's going on down there. Yeah, exactly. Right now it seems chaotic. It is chaotic. And uh, I'll tell you how chaotic it is. Zelensky, this is unbelievable. You know, you expect Zelensky to talk to Biden and those types of things, of course. They're both in charge of their countries. But Zelensky actually urged, of all people, Donald Trump, don't waste time. Zelensky has asked the former president to share the Ukraine peace plan. Right now, Trump is on my side, which, again, I'm moving further and further away from, closer to your side. But how about Zelensky actually worried about what Donald Trump is thinking what does that tell you about the possibility of Trump coming back in 2024? No, you know, there is a real chance, right? Now he is by far and away, he's the Republican leader in the polls, and Biden is very unpopular. So Donald Trump does have a good chance of coming back. Part of what Zelensky is even more concerned about, though, is the influence that Donald Trump would have over the Republicans in Congress. Uh, and, you know, are they going to vote against the aid that uh, – I think should go to Ukraine. So that, I think, is part of his concern. Listen, Zelensky and Donald Trump actually, you know, got along. When it was, uh, uh, you know, Democrats were trying to say how uh, Trump had strong-armed Zelensky and was threatening him, he went on, you know, national and national television and said, no, the phone call was fine. I never felt threatened. So when in Donald Trump's hour of need, you know, Zelensky was there for him. So we'll see where it goes. But uh, I- I'm concerned about some of the Republicans in Congress who just seem determined to shut the government down, you know, uh, 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 Lawler says it's you know, uh, looking like a clown show, and it is. Mm. We should win big next year. All we can screw it up right now is I think some Republicans who don't know when enough to claim victory or how to proceed yep. and yep. think strategically.